Agua. Here's Carrie Lake. The media might have a field day with this one, but I'm going to just repeat something President Trump said a long time ago, and it got him in a lot of trouble. They are bringing drugs. They are bringing crime, and they are rapists, and that's who's coming across our border. That's a fact. Yeah. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and that's who's coming across. She's saying Latinos who come across the border, which is mostly Latinos who live in the United States even today, whether they're here legally or illegally. She's saying all Latinos who have crossed that border are essentially criminals and they're bringing drugs. Now, most of us know they're not criminals. Most of us know they're not rapists. Most of us know that's a heinous, horrible, despicable, dastardly thing that this woman is doing. And by the way, it's working. She alludes to the fact that Donald Trump once said this and got in trouble for it. No, he didn't. He got elected for it. Man, this is such a perfect Latino truth podcast that we're going to do today. You know, we do Latino truths and we do journalistic truths because I'm Latino and I happen to be a journalist, right? It's what I do. It's what I call myself. And as we start this podcast, I have to tell you as a follow-up to some of the podcasts that we've had recently talking about, yay, Kanye, um, we had mentioned that he was this close this close to being terminated, right, by uh, Adidas. In fact, he actually told Adidas, essentially, you can't terminate me, even if I do go out and say a bunch of horrible shit about Jews. He literally said that to him. He was like daring them to terminate him. So guess what? Overnight, they terminated him. And most people would argue they should terminate him, right? Makes sense. But, but, and this is important. He's terminated because he said something really horrible about a group of people. And I think we all agree that what he said was so horrible that he probably deserves to be castigated, whether it's terminated or not. I don't know. I I don't like when people get fired because it's happened to me. And sometimes if you can come up with a reasonable explanation or if you can mitigate your words, you should have an opportunity to at least explain yourself. Now, we know in his case, he has no interest in explaining himself. In fact, he's doubled down and doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down and done everything possible to essentially explain that he just thinks Jews are the worst people in the world. And that's what he keeps saying. And by the way, it's not just Jews. This guy's said horrible things about black people. And last time I checked, at least it looks to me like he's African-American. So that's where we are. This guy says a horrible thing and he gets... uh, castigated for it. But, and here comes the but. I'm going to introduce you now to a woman who is constantly saying a horrible thing about you and about me. If you're Latino, I want to list, I, I, I want to introduce you to Cruella DeVille. This woman hates Latinos more than Cruella hates Dalmatians. And the things that she's saying are horrible and they're lies. They're horrible and they're lies and they're offensive and they're bigoted and they're everything you can possibly freaking think of. But she's doing it. And if you're listening to the sound of my voice, you should be pissed off about it because I am. Let's take a listen. Here's Carrie Lake. The media... The media might have a field day with this one, but I'm going to just repeat something President Trump said a long time ago and it got him in a lot of trouble. They are bringing drugs. They are bringing crime and they are rapists and that's who's coming across our border. That's a fact. Yeah. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists and that's who's coming across. She's saying Latinos who come across the border, which is 
mostly Latinos who live in the United States even today, whether they're here legally or illegally. She's saying all Latinos who have crossed that border are essentially criminals and they're bringing drugs. Now, most of us know they're not criminals. Most of us know they're not rapists. Most of us know that's a heinous, horrible, despicable, dastardly thing that this woman is doing. And by the way, it's working. She alludes to the fact that Donald Trump once said this and got in trouble for it. No, he didn't. He got elected for it. When Donald Trump said Latinos are scum, America elected him. And that means there's a lot of people in America who thinks we are scum. Who think we are scum. That, that's just, you know, beyond obvious. And yes, I did want to start today mentioning that the guy is being let go by Adidas for saying horrible things, and now we have a woman saying horrible things and nothing's happening to her. In fact, she's going to be rewarded, man. Vatos, she's going to be rewarded for saying this, and she knows she's going to be rewarded, and she knows she's lying, but she doesn't care, but she doesn't care, and, 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 it, and it incenses me, right? I mean, this woman, this disgusting piece of human garbage, I'm sorry, is saying this, and she's about to become the governor of Arizona. What does that say about Arizona? Have you looked at her polls? She's killing it. And why is she killing it? One issue, and one issue alone. Latinos suck. Latinos are rapists. Latinos are criminals. Latinos are disgusting. She's talking about you and she's talking about me. But it's great to sit here and be, hey, I'm Rick Sanchez and I'm going to tell you that I'm really upset because it's not nice when people say mean things about me. No. It's, no, it goes beyond that. Here's what we have to do. And I've learned this from my friend, Saul Trujillo. Metrics matter. Facts matter. Information matters. Fact-checking matters. So you want me to tell you something right now that proves this woman is wrong? I went to the website of the Cato Institute. For those of you who don't know, the Cato Institute is not a bunch of crazy, lefty, leany, you know, libs sitting around hugging trees. In fact, they're conservative. This is a conservative organization. They did a study, and I'm about to share with you why this woman, this, this disgusting piece of human garbage, Carrie Lake, is a liar. By the way, Carrie, if you hear this podcast, Sue me, please. Have your lawyers call mine because I'm calling you a liar. Sue me if you don't like it. Prove me wrong because I'm about to prove you wrong. Cato Institute. You want to know what percentage of the people who cross the border illegally possess any fentanyl, which is her argument. This is her argument. In fact, let's listen to it. Number one killer right now is fentanyl. 18 to 45. It's killing a generation of people. Here's the facts. Do you know what percentage of the people arrested by Border Patrol for crossing the border illegally possessed fentanyl? She says the people crossing the border are bringing fentanyl. The illegal immigrants are bringing fentanyl. Do you know what percentage it is? Do you know what it is? Guess. I want you to guess. Is it 10%? Is it 5%? Is it 100%? Is it 50%? What percentage, she says, these illegal immigrants... In fact, here, can you play the first soundbite again? Play the soundbite again. I want you to play this thing. 
Play her. The media, the media might have a field day with this one, but I'm going to just repeat something President Trump said a long time ago, and it got him in a lot of trouble. They are bringing drugs. Mm -hmm. They are bringing crime, and they are rapists, and that's who's coming across our border. That's a fact. There you go. They are bringing drugs when they come to America. Mexico is sending them here with drugs, in fact. Right? They. She's referring to Mexican-Americans or Honduran-Americans or Cuban-Americans or any other Latino who's come to the United States crossing the border. They're not coming here because they want jobs. They're not coming here because of the deplorable situation that their own countries are in. They're not coming here for economic reasons. They're not coming here because they love America. They're not coming here because they're, they're looking for freedom. They're coming here to bring drugs and because they're rapists. And as our ex-president once said, and I suppose some are good people. So let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the statistics. Let's look at the metrics. I asked you, what percentage of the people who are coming across that border trying to enter the United States illegally without documents possess fentanyl? And the answer is not 5%, not 3%, not 2%, not 1%, not 0.2%. Point zero two percent. Let me say that again. Point zero two percent of the people she says are bringing drugs are actually bringing drugs. Do you know who's bringing drugs to the United States? People with blonde hair and blue eyes. In fact, according to the Cato Institute, fentanyl is smuggled for U.S. citizens by U.S. citizens, not by asylum seekers. Fentanyl smuggling is ultimately funded by U.S. consumers. In other words, who takes the fentanyl? Americans. Who smuggles in the fentanyl? Americans. It has nothing the hell to do with Mexicans coming over here looking for work. And that's what this monster of a woman is saying. And she is going to get elected for saying that. In 2021, U.S. citizens were 86.3% of convicted fentanyl drug traffickers. Let me say that again. In 2021, U.S. citizens, not undocumented immigrants crossing the border, U.S. citizens, right? People who look like the people in Breaking Bad were 86.3% of the convicted fentanyl drug traffickers. Over 90% of fentanyl seizures occur at legal crossing points or interior vehicle checkpoints, not on illegal migration routes. The people, the horrible, deplorable criminals and rapists she refers to who are coming through those areas where many migrants try to make their way into America, that's not where the fentanyl or the drug smuggling is taking place. You know where the fentanyl or the drug smuggling is taking place? On the legal crossings, in giant rigs, being driven by guys who are called Bubba. Who knew? Who knew that when you look into something and you get some facts, you might get a different story than what these racists are trying to say. And when I say racist, did I say, did I mean Carrie Lake? Yes, I did. 
The location of smuggling makes sense because hard drugs at ports of entry are about 97% less likely to be stopped. Isn't that interesting? It's harder to stop them in those places because they got a zillion trucks coming through. And every third one of them has drugs in it. And it has nothing to do with illegal immigrants. Let me say it again. Nothing to do with illegal immigrants or undocumented immigrants or people coming here for a better life. And by the way, I'm not saying we should open our borders and all immigrants should be let in. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, you know, give to Peter what's Peter's and to Paul's what's Paul's. Yes, we have a problem at the border. But the people bringing in the problem have nothing to do. Basically, what she's doing is she's trying to ascribe a problem to a group of people. And she's doing it and she's lying and it's vicious and it's horrible and it's racist. And she's going to become governor. Meanwhile, yay, who said something, he's, he, he's being canceled and destroyed. And I'm not defending him either, by the way. I'm just, I'm just showing you this dichotomy of what we live with today in America. I'll just give you a few more stats and then I'll stop because I'm making myself crazy. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, 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 this makes me mad. And, and, and this is what I do on this show. I just, I do Latino truths and I show bad journalism and I call out assholes and liars. And she's one of them. During the travel restrictions, fentanyl seizures at ports quadrupled from fiscal year 2019 to 2021. Fentanyl went from a third combined heroin and fentanyl seizures to over 90%. This is a complicated problem, by the way. There's a lot of information here about fentanyl and how we're dealing with it and how we've actually created this problem in many ways. And I'm not going to get into that because I want to focus instead on what we're seeing here. Um, And it does make me mad. And yes, I guess, look, let's listen to her guru. Let's listen to her teacher, the man who taught her that all you've got to do is go out there and say horrible things about Latinos. And in America, or in certain parts of America, you're going to get elected, right? Here's the master of bigotry. Here's Donald Trump. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems. And they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. He's lying. She's lying. And we now know from the statistics I just gave you that what he said is wrong. Definitively wrong. You just heard him say they're bringing drugs. Once again. Let's do the numbers because fentanyl is the big drug they're talking about, by the way. This is the number, again, I have to share with you. Just 0.02% of the people arrested by Border Patrol for crossing illegally into the United States possessed fentanyl. I want to introduce you to Mike Leon. Love this guy. Mike is... uh, He's a podcaster, and he's going to be a part of our truth-telling thing here because he's a truth-teller. And when I listen to his podcast, I love the fact that he's also breaking things down. He's a little less passionate than I am, you know? A little. But but what he does essentially is he says, here's a story. Let's interview people who actually have written about it or know about it or have a certain expertise in it, and let's find out what the truth is. And that's what he does, which is interestingly enough, what we're doing today. Today, we happen to be doing a topic which makes us crazy as Latinos because 
For me, it's so personal. When this woman is saying these things, it's okay to say it about me, but she's talking about my mom and she's talking about my dad. Whenever I hear these people go off on Latinos, they're talking about the people who brought me to this country and the people who brought you to this country and the people who brought you to this country. And they're not criminals and they're not rapists and they're not uh, you know, abusing welfare. And they're not doing any of these things, Mike, that they're saying. And 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 why does yay get canceled, but these people continue to be rewarded? Well, there's a couple of things there. First off, thank you for having me on the show. Um, by the way, if you go to cdc.gov and you look up, because a big talking point by Marjorie Taylor Greene, which we'll probably get into, and Carrie Lake, has been about fentanyl and deaths related to fentanyl. Mm-hmm. We're doing something on this with a panel of journalists coming up in our DC show. And when I, is that, I, by the way? Who can go? Th- tell, th- tell us about Thursday, it. Thursday, October 27th. You can head to leonmedianetwork.com for, for tickets. It's free for everybody. Leon Media, Media Network. Network. And by the way, his podcast is called Can We Please Talk? It's on Spotify. It's on Apple, wherever you find it. And he's going to be partnering with us soon. And we're going to be doing this stuff together. So you're, you're going to hear a lot of me and Mike. That's so. right. Can we please talk? Because can we please listen doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. And so we started looking up statistics and data around two sets. First, do we cover people like this? Because mm-hmm. I argue there's disingenuousness behind it. You worked at Fox. I worked at Fox. Mm-hmm. I know Sean Hannity is conservative. Mm-hmm. But I also know the graphics are preloaded. I also know if Joe Biden does something right, and again, Hannity is a little bit lesser of the extent, yeah. but I also know that he can't come out at 901 and say X, Y, Z if the president did something good. Those graphics are preloaded. You know this, right? Correct. Right. And so um, I, I argue about the disingenuous part. Carrie Lake while you use these words, monster and all this, and bigoted, and I agree with a lot of that. And she's lying. And she's lying. Yeah. That's the thing. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. And we need to get back to facts, truths. Not your facts, mm-hmm. not my facts, not anybody in this room's facts. The actual facts. This mm-hmm. shirt is black. That's a fact. It makes me look stupid? Maybe. But that's an opinion. <laughs> One's the truth. I think you look very and, handsome, well, thank Mike. you, sir. My, my <laughs> wife picked this out, so she'll get a shout out for that. But that, that's, that's what we got to get back to. Like the shirt's black and we have people arguing that this shirt's green and they know that it's black, but the money's made in telling people that it's green. That bothers me because I worked in that ecosystem and that's where I'm trying to get to. But let me give you real quick, Rick, because I had written it down. CDC's fat stats, Mm -hmm. CDC fast stats on adolescent health, ages 15 to 19, the number one killer of kids, 15 to 19, because this is their argument, Mm -hmm. right? You think it's fentanyl? No. It's not even close. It's accidental injuries. Homicide, suicide. Uh, There was about 107,000 related deaths with respect to opioids. Fentanyl's last on that list. But even if it were, Mike, supposing fentanyl is the biggest killer in the United States, what the hell does that have to do with Latinos? Correct. Why why do you take a problem, oh, we're going to put this on Latinos? Why? Well, because a lot of the fentanyl comes in from South America. Yes, it does. Who's making sure it comes in from South America? Well, you could argue... U.S. consumers who are the ones taking the fentanyl. The fentanyl's not being consumed in Guatemala. The fentanyl's not being consumed by Hondurans. The fentanyl's not being consumed by Mexicans or Cubans or Puerto Ricans or Dominicans. It's being consumed by people with blonde hair and blue eyes who live in the United States, mostly in places like Alabama and Georgia, where they hate Latinos. So, And by the way, let's take it now to why it's produced in those places. Who makes it easy for those places to be able to consume it? U.S manufacturers and U.S. weapons makers 
who sell the weapons to the cartels so that they can essentially kill Mexican police officers in some places and protect their turf. So we are, I can show you reports, U.S. weapons manufacturers have done secret deals with members of the cartel to supply them with ammunition and guns so that they can protect their production of fentanyl so they can sneak it into the United States. So we're helping them on the manufacturing side and we're providing the consumer base. If I'm a businessman, I'm saying Eureka. What the hell does that have to do with the average Latino trying to make a better life for themselves in the United States? Because Kerry Lake is putting it all on that little guy. You know what's the other funny part of this is they never talk about this. They add it in there. They talk about the fentanyl seizures. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the word seizure means? It means it was seized. It was taken. confiscated. It right. was taken. Right. But they include those numbers to show the alarming problem that we're having. The other part the issue I have is, and I've noticed this because again, data, right? Stats and insights. That's what I do for a living mm -hmm. in my day job. This is my night job, uh, even though we're framing this at daytime. Um, fentanyl deaths, right, have gone up from last year, three, 33, let's say, deaths overall to 800 in some different states. So you've got like a percentage XYs that's gone up. But yet COVID-related deaths were spiking so high, but we don't need to focus on that, but we need to focus on something that is a smaller percentage of the population, not minimizing the deaths that have happened with fentanyl. Right. I think it just speaks to overall messaging. You know this better than I do. There's... There's better messaging in fear and doom and gloom and blaming it on somebody that doesn't look like you, sound like you. And that's what we're having with Carrie Lake. You got the poll data about that she may be leading in this race. I haven't seen any actual poll data. Oh, we're she's gonna... killing. I mean, so, here, let, I know let, Katie, let me, let me Katie call. Katie has decided not to debate her. Let me it, call up the latest numbers. And it goes um, back to like my point. Like, does Katie Hobbs want to engage with somebody that is openly spouting things that are not only not true? but she probably doesn't believe. She's a former newscaster. She knows how to produce some of this stuff. We were talking about this off air, about her videos and how great they look and how professionally produced they are and, and that dark lighting that makes her look. You said Corella DeVille. I mean, that's mean to Corella DeVille. Yeah. Let's, let's just be honest. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, she, she's one of the best villains in Disney, and now we're comparing her to Carrie Lake. That's terrible for her. But The um, polls show her winning right now in Arizona. Yeah. But they do say it's a tight race. Right, I, right. I'd say she takes it. Uh, I, would, I would really be surprised. And by the way, even if it's a, even if it's 49-49 right now, right. how is that possible? I have no idea. A woman is standing up and saying a lie and castigating an entire group of people, many of whom live in places and are even a majority in Maricopa County, and she's going to win. Yeah. It was like Donald Trump coming down that escalator and saying the people crossing the border are criminals and they're rapists and they're bringing drugs. And I suppose some are good people. And the media didn't pay enough attention to it. It was a two or three day story and they moved on. But I guarantee you, if he had said that about some other groups, it would have been an all the time story. And again, Scotty, come in here. I mean, we knew you said it yesterday, yeah. I think during our podcast or whenever the hell we did that last podcast about yay, about your buddy Kanye. Um, you said uh, Adidas will terminate him. It's yeah. just a matter of time. And, yeah. and, and, and they did. And, and, and it's because, you know, you, you know, you as a Jewish American understand 
Uh, sorry, I just banged my microphone there. I need to settle myself down. Uh, it's the Corolla, getting all worked up over here. I think it was the Corolla the Ville joke. I got him. I'm I'm throwing yeah, shit down. Uh, Mike, you got him all nervous, buddy. I know. I know. A legendary newscaster. And but I got him all but nervous. but but there here's but here's the point. Um, kudos, props to Jewish Americans who, when someone goes after them, uh, they say we're not going to take this. It's wrong. And, you know, we're going to call you out. And they did. And Ye just lost, according to economists that I read, potentially $1 billion in business. That was the total value of his deal with Adidas. A billion dollars gone because he literally scoffed at the company and said, you can't fire me. (laughs) Well, uh, Scotty, as you said yesterday, uh, they just did. Yeah, uh, you know, there, there, there's a there's a saying out there that says uh, uh, F around and find out. Well, he effed around and he found out real quick uh, I, I, to talk about why I, I was thinking about this a lot the last 24 hours on why we see a quick reaction a lot of times when it comes to hate and anti-Semitism towards Jewish communities. And a lot of times we don't see it towards other communities that are hated upon. I think it has to do maybe a little bit. Obviously, the Holocaust is still fresh in mind. Of course. You know, hundred years, give or take, yeah. you know, under a hundred years. So obviously all those kind of things. But also there's a unified front amongst especially Jewish Americans, but, you know, Jews around the world. You don't hear a lot of dissent uh, of people saying, well, Kanye, what he did say was kind of incorrect. But you don't hear that too much from Jewish Americans. Yeah, <laughs> that's other true. Groups, other groups of people you hear that from. I see black people defending Kanye. Yeah. On, on social media all over the place. I see Hispanics defending Carrie Lake all over the place. Yeah. So without that unified front, it's hard to make a, a reaction. I wish I could disagree with somebody. you. I wish I could disagree with you, but I'm sorry. And I'm seeing it more and more now. Uh, you you saw the podcast we've been doing about these uh, these council people in uh, L.A. Who, who, yes, they did stupid. They said some stupid stuff. But the onslaught has come from Latinos. Right. If there was a unified front there, if everybody said, look, you know, maybe maybe she was a little bit off, but we need to stand by her yeah. and portray that. They didn't even consider about, that. They didn't even consider that. No, no. And, and, see now, yeah. and, and here's and here's what ends up happening when people see this happen, especially with the Jewish community. It's automatically, well, Jews run shit. Well, if there's another Jewish media. Contr- no, no. It's, it's a unified front or at least that's what's portrayed. They keep the, the they keep they keep the bullshit in the house and they deal with it internally, and, and and the the perception of it is one line, and that's why and they have money behind it and, and they flex that money and that's not a Jewish flex money that's any group can do that. What, what's the what's the number of Hispanics in this country? Uh, the, the GDP. Latinos in the United States represent the fifth largest economy in the the entire world, and they produce or consume $2.8 trillion a year. That makes them just behind Germany and ahead of Italy, Britain, and Brazil. So if if roughly 60 to 70 percent of Hispanics in this country showed a unified front and said, we're not spending our dollars here anymore, we're not, come on. It's coming. We're capitalists in this country. That's yeah, capitalism. You're, you're so right. Oh, you're so, you're right. so right. You're right on that front. Wait, let me <laughs> let me add let me add something here on this because I'm curious. This is uh, Mike Leon, by the way. Mike has a podcast called "Can We Please Talk," and he's being good enough to come out here to the ranch today and uh, 
hang out with us and talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that he's doing. And he's just a delight, by the way. Well, so I, go ahead. I appreciate that. I, I told you to say I'm an absolute delight. But anyway, um, <laughs> no, but I want to get back to uh, real quick on the uh, you and I have been in newsrooms before. Yeah. My argument right now is how much attention do we give Carrie Lake and Marjorie Taylor Greene and these extremists in terms of coverage? Because a lot. And that's the I think there's a part of the problem here, journalistic standards of covering somebody. Forget about whether or not we decide they're disingenuous or, you know, that they're a, a danger to democracy. We can argue about that. Mm -hmm. Why are we putting Marjorie Taylor Greene on the front page with a headline that says MTG's roaring back or something like that that came out from The New York Times? Like a, like a huge article that just came out on her that got released last week. Why are we devoting so much coverage to things that should live on the fringe? Things that should be found in the rabbit holes. I, I know she's running for governor of a major state in this union, but she's saying things that are factually inaccurate. How much do you say we should be pushing back or at least limiting the attention that we're giving her? Not you and I yeah. talking about her. If you There's one thing to talk about her. There's one thing to talk to her. If you read Michael Cohen's book, which I'm sure you either heard, yeah. you know, read it or looked at it because I thought it was one of the most fascinating portrayals. I wanted to understand who Donald Trump was. So I read Michael Cohen because Michael Cohen was Donald Trump. He ran everything for Michael Trump. Michael, from Michael Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump. He doesn't want to be Michael they Trump. They became one person. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> Donald Trump would not wake up in the morning without first calling Michael Cohen right. and saying, hey, Michael, here's what we're going to do today. What do you think? Blah, 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 blah. And Michael Cohen said exactly what you just said. Trump became president by playing the media. He would literally wake up and say, today we were not on the front page of the New York Times. What did we do wrong? Let's come up with a story for the New York Times. And he would say or do, Scotty, the most ridiculous, racist, horrible, offensive, controversial thing that he could come up with. And he'd put himself right there because he needed to be on the front page of the New York Times and on the first story of uh, CNN, MSNBC, and uh, Fox News every day. And when he wasn't, he couldn't win. He literally won the president, C, by playing the media. And, it, and like, to your point, it didn't, it didn't matter what he said as long as they spelled his name Trump correctly and he was the first story and it wasn't Bush and it wasn't little Marco and it wasn't anybody else. That's how the son of a bitch became the president of the United States. And then point two, and then I'll shut up and let you guys talk, <laughs> was that the media didn't know how to fact check what he said. Right. They would propose it as if Donald Trump says, green monkeys come out of your ass. Candidate B says they don't. Let's have a debate. You right. see what I mean? How is that a yeah. debate? They just made green monkeys coming out of your butt as big a story because he said it, even though they know it's not true. That's the problem. Yeah. A, giving it more uh, attention or visibility than it deserves. B, not fact-checking it. That's the problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem. Scotty, before you jump in, I I just, I don't understand why these big, I, I do understand. It's the click economy, right? We need to yeah. sell XYZ across advertising and stuff like that. So let's cover Carrie Lake. Confrontational journalism, it's something I try not to do on the show. We haven't had any confrontational interviews, but also because we don't invite guests that are not confrontational. Not necessarily that they don't believe with what we're talking about, mm -hmm. But it has to be fact and logic based. The sky is blue. The sun is yellow. If you say it's red and green, don't come on my show. Not only that, we should be chastising you and pushing you to the exterior. And everybody should. I'm, I'm not big on like the buzzwords with the canceling stuff like that. But like people that say that stuff, 
either know one of two things. They either wholly believe it or they know there's money in it. Yes. And so if, yes, if, yes. if one of these two things, like you can't live in the center when you say, and that's why I laugh at the Kanye stuff because I know people that work in Candace Owens' circle and now that she has his ear, she's incredibly disingenuous. Yeah. I, I, like there's certain things. A black woman who hates black people. Yeah, come on. What is that? It's a straight out of Chappelle show. Like, you know, you want to say what it is? Yeah. Money. Yeah, no, I know. Money. I, I know what it money. is. And, I mean, that, and that's the problem. I would rather be honest and say, I'm doing this for money. I'm doing this for money. Yeah. You know, as and I, 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 we had Ron Filipkowski on our program a while back. He's a former attorney uh, here in the state of Florida that worked for DeSantis and Rick Scott. And now he's gone to the Democratic side and he posts a lot of right wing media stuff on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter. He's got thousands of followers. And I he went to him, the Democratic side, but he he's went to the Democratic side. Stuff? He's been a, a Republican supporter for 30 years, worked for DeSantis, worked for other governors and in the state. Ron Filipkowski, you can look him up. Really? And he got let go mm -hmm. when the uh, the Rebecca, I forget her name here, the, the COVID data that was manipulated. Right, right, right. Yeah, the attorney general. Correct. Right. Or the, so, the state, state, state attorney general. Or whatever. So, called, so right. he resigned during that regime, uh, uh, during that period. And now he started this little three-man operation to post right-wing media clips. And I said, Ron, how much are, why are we giving this so much attention? Like, why? And he's like, look, it's a great question, but I take two hours of all of this nonsensical stuff they say, and I pick out 45 seconds for you to hear the really bad stuff so you understand what it is that they're saying, what they're saying in these silos and what these people are believing. I just don't know if you need to do that. Like, I respect that you're doing that. God bless you for sitting through a two-hour Kerry Lake, Cruella DeVille conference. That they're running together. But, like, I, I can't do that. And also, I feel like if we just push it over there, let them, let them live over there because it's not growing to over here, right? Don't you want to contain the fire to over here, like where you know the fire is as opposed to letting it in the house? Here's the thing that also you and I haven't talked about, which is extremely salient to this story. When somebody does what Trump has done, and notice Trump is very careful about who he messes with. He knows who the weak links are. We're the weak link, Latinos. And here's why we're the weak link. Because if Donald Trump was to say, for example, the things that he has said about us Latinos, about Jews, he knows that Fox News would destroy him. And so would CNN, and so would MSNBC. And... They should, and they would be right to do that. Why would they be right to do that? Because it's wrong if he does that. But B, because they have the social sensibilities, the intellectual preparation, the understanding of the Holocaust experience, and good for them for having that because it's true, the Ashkenazi experience, all the things that make us understand why it's horrific to be an anti-Semite and say anti-Semitic things. Right. They come with that. It's, it's, it's in their package. If Donald Trump said something really horrible about African-Americans or gays, they would also, that sensibility, that knowledge would click in and Rachel Maddow would fire it off. And so would Don Lemon and so would uh, Anderson Cooper and so would everybody else. But when these people, like this woman, Carrie Lake, say horrific, wrong-headed, incorrect, bigoted things about us, I hate to say this. A, there's no one there to defend us because ever since CNN got rid of that short little fat guy named Rick Sanchez, they haven't replaced him. 
There is no other Rick Sanchez. And there isn't a Rick Sanchez on NBC. And there isn't a Rick Sanchez on CNN. And there isn't a Rick Sanchez on Fox. And there isn't a Rick Sanchez anywhere. Sure, there's a sprinkling of guys who come in and do reports and somebody's got like a noon show or something. But there's no high-profile namesake show for a Latino in the United States. So, A, we don't have somebody who's going to do what I just did today and say, here's the facts. Latinos crossing the border have nothing to do with fentanyl. So they, they can't do that because they don't know it. Uh, so, so B, there isn't one of us there. And, and, and B, they don't have the information at their disposal. So when these people are interviewed, they're not able to fire back with facts like you and I know. Right, right. Because you're a guy who goes in and immediately looks at the facts. Me too. I called this up right away. And I mean, and here's this thing from the Cato Institute, no less. Right. And they're giving you what the facts are. Why can't somebody at CNN or somebody else hold her to that? They don't. So let me don't. Let, let me ask you um, because and there's a few outliers. They throw they'll throw Jorge Ramos a bone and put him on national, or they have Boris Sanchez who's on CNN, but he's on Saturday mornings, right? Right. Um, let me ask you. Yeah, we call that Minority Corner, by the way, right, in the exactly. cable news business. Right, right. Minority corners where they put Latinos and Blacks and Asians. Yeah, that's right. And he he hosted with Amara Walker. Right. Um, so let me ask you. You're back in the CNN newsroom now, and. Carrie Lake, they want you to moderate a panel mm -hmm. with Carrie Lake and and Katie Hobbs, who's running the Fort, the Secretary of State. Um, how do you moderate that panel, knowing one person is not sticking to the fact and insights that are universally accepted from Custom Border Patrol, right. CDC, whatever it is, three letter agency you want? Like how would how would you prepare for that? Would you do the moderating of the panel? Would you do a one on one sit down interview? I'm curious because. I mean, look, you're, I'll say it, the people will know listening, you're a legend in this business, in my eyes. Um, you, should, you should be front and center in that Latino voice, right? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there's Soledad O'Brien, who's, who's half or things like that. But would you take that on? Would you take that challenge on of interviewing Absolutely. somebody? Absolutely. Or moderating a panel too, which is a different thing than interviewing somebody one-on-one. -on -one. And, and, and as I've learned from my mentor, Saul Trujillo, you know what I would do? I would come out with exactly what I did today. Obviously, I wouldn't be as passionate because I wouldn't be doing a podcast. There's a place to have a podcast voice and there's a place to do an interview voice. And if I was doing an interview uh, with her, I would say, you know, uh, Candidate Lake, I want you to know something. You have said the following many times. In fact, let me play it for our audience. Have her say that Latinos coming over the border are bringing drugs. And then I would say, I now want to share something. This is a statistic that comes from the Cato Institute. They're saying Latinos are less than 0.02% of those bringing drugs. How can what the Cato Institute is saying and what you're saying be so far apart? A conservative a great institute. Right, right, right. I mean, like you mentioned before. They're we, more conservative than you are. Correct. Right, right. They and have we, more conservative bona fides than you do. Yeah. And we and we actually mentioned them in our last episode when we were talking about the student loan debt um, and, and what's going on now in the federal courts, because the Cato Institute is bringing the argument as to why it can't get canceled. We'll get into that later on. But um, but yeah, I, I just think I, I don't know how much we're supposed to literally cover somebody that just doesn't believe in the principles and facts. And the other thing I wanted to ask you was, what do you do when they combat? Because she's done this, if you saw the Dana Bash interview she did on State of the Union, she said, those are not the numbers I have. And Dana Bash, you, you've, you've been there, there's an IFB, right? There's a producer talking to you, you got a minute left to break, blah, 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 get her to answer, stuff like that. They're giving you a stat, maybe to counter. And she didn't push back. Yeah, what those are, you are not, not the right. stats you have. What stats do you have? This is from CBP. No. What other governing body do you have data from? I have reason to believe, Miss Lake, that you're lying and that you're using this particular theme to get yourself elected 
by making people fearful of Latinos. That's what it seems. Tell me why I'm wrong to think that. There's the, there's the question. That's the next question you have to ask. You, first, you go to the facts, and then you go to the motive, and you, you challenge your motive. I have reason to believe that the reason you are doing this is because you want to create fear in the, li- in, the, in, in the minds of white Americans about Latino Americans. This is what I believe you are doing. And by the way, it seems to be working for you. But explain how I'm wrong. That's the next question. And that needs to be asked, just like it's been asked countless times of others in American history when people went too far. But they don't do that, Scotty. They don't do that for some reason. They don't come armed with facts. They don't understand our story. And to your point, as a Jewish American, and you and I have this conversation all the time, mm-hmm. the, the, the sensibilities about the Ashkenazi experience, about what it's like to be Jewish, about how people saying horrible things about Jews, the history of Jews, that is very well understood in the mindset of many journalists, as yes. is the black experience, as is slavery, as is the gay and you know sexual orientation issues. But for some reason, the whole Latino thing that we talk about metrically, statistically, factually, that has not broken through, my friend. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense, especially with the population, what it is of Hispanics in America. What she's doing here is she's using Latinos, Hispanics, immigrants as the straw man, essentially, right? I mean, she's she's basically, it's an easy target because these are people that, Unfortunately, most Americans don't understand because they're not shown it on the news. Like you said, they're not portrayed uh, favorably in the media. And it's just like I said, it's an easy look. Look at these optics of these people jumping the, the river and, <laughs> and climbing walls and, and they have bags on there. And who knows what's in, what's in those bags? Oh, my all, God, and, they're coming to take us. And away. Hollywood but says here, we're all criminals. Or if we're yes, not criminals, yeah, we're just yeah, there and, to and cut your grass. As, so. as every Hispanic is portrayed as El Chapo or as a, a it's dishwasher. The same, or, it's or, the same guy, too. It's the guy from like, yeah, Bruce yeah, Almighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the guy from <laughs> Training yeah, yeah, exactly. Day. And lo mismo. It's yeah, the same guy. what George Lopez told us when we were talking to us. There's only one single actor, right? Before you guys were talking about you guys were talking before about fentanyl coming into the United States and how it's coming into the United States. And yeah, we know it's coming in through legal ports, but where is it originating? Why aren't we ever talking about that? I I looked it up while we were talking on the DEA website of their intelligent report. They estimate 90% of fentanyl production comes from Asia, particularly China. Really? Yes, that's where it's becoming from. And here's the other stat that's that. interesting. That And here's the other interesting <laughs> so how's stat it, that I looked so, up. So, so they get it to, from China to Mexico? To South to, America through? and Mexico. And they use their traditional cocaine smuggling uh, uh, ports. No lo sabía. No. Wow. Now here, here, here's the other interesting thing that I think is really important to mention and why this is a problem and how we're putting Latinos, in my opinion, as, as, as a straw man. Is, is Estimated 50% of the fentanyl in this country is not purchase purposefully. It's not 50% of the people that are intaking fentanyl aren't actually going out trying to get fentanyl to get high. They're trying to get cocaine to get high. They're trying to get heroin to get high. They're trying to get all these other drugs that have been demonized. And what happens on I buy I buy a brick of uh, cocaine here and I can now take this brick of cocaine and I can cut it up and I can have three bricks of cocaine. And then I sell one of those bricks of cocaine to somebody else. And then he cuts it up even more. So, and as it goes down the line, you keep you keep diluting this cocaine and then people start adding additives into it to make it a little potent with something. And it's really cheap to add fentanyl to something, even though fentanyl high is different than cocaine high. That's yeah, what no, I read do. about that. What they're doing so is, is they're basically why, cutting. Then, re- 
People right. who do are drugs uh, are looking not to do fentanyl. They're looking to Correct. do whatever recreational drug they do. Right. And we're not espousing that, by the way. Um, but in the process, they put the fentanyl in there because it's cheap, and yes. then they die of the fentanyl. Right. So this is the blowback to the war on drugs that we're still participating in this country. Now, I'm not saying that we legalize all drugs by no means, because I think some drugs will destroy society. But what I'm saying is if we do a better job of regulating it instead of criminalizing Find a way to manage it. If we do it. a Correct. better job. Find a way find to a manage it. Listen, people are going to buy it. The black market's there. Yeah. No matter how many people you put in jail, how many people you execute, no matter how many borders you shut down. If there is a way, a will, there is a way. That's, in that's fact, human nature, man. Not, not to go too far afield, but, you know, the statistics that I've seen from places like Amsterdam prove that you lower yeah. mortality rates from drug usage, yes. you lower dependency rates, yes. you lower addiction rates by letting people do it. It's like the right. more illegal you make it, the worse the problem becomes. Yeah. But it's, they use the opposite argument. Like, they wow. use the opposite argument. They yeah, use the opposite yeah. argument. If you legalize marijuana, you're going to see crime go up. We're going to see we're going to see more shootings. We're going to see more. But it's the complete opposite. But what you see is when you have alcohol legalized and everybody in taking alcohol, especially when they have firearms in, involved with that, which you see in a lot of these areas, we know what the results are. Well, and the point you're making is one that's interesting. And I think the point he's making, Mike, is that if Carrie Lake were really smart, she would mm -hmm. go to the crux of the problem and yes. she would attack the source. And she would attack the problem and she would attack the foundational elements that create this where we are with the drug problem in the United States. But instead, she says, you see that little guy, Pedro, over there? See that guy who crossed the border? He's the one who's making your daughter do fentanyl or whatever the hell yeah. it's called. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's it's so mean, so horrible, so dishonest. And that's what she's doing. And she's a former journalist. She's got to know what she's doing. First off, um, Scotty has a great knowledge of the drug game. I, I was just blown away by how <laughs> oh, yeah, you was precise he was there. We can edit that out if we you, want to, but that was really let's precise. Let's not have <laughs> our next meeting at Scotty's place. <laughs> that was a really good breakdown, really good breakdown Scotty, there. Uh, I don't you, know anything you. about drugs. Uh, so anyway, no. uh, but um, you, you, you were mentioning something. I, I was talking about this before. Uh, the seizures part of this, right? Like mm -hmm. fentanyl seizures are up, up, seizures. Right. Yeah. They're taking it away. Seizures. <laughs> right. Means it ain't I, there. I, the, yeah. the title of this episode should be seizures mean seized, like taken away. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand how people are falling for this type of politician that is not pointing, not pointing out to the root of problems. Because like I mentioned to you, there's more money in talking about the problem than solving it. Mm -hmm. She knows that. I want to tell you X, Y, Z of who's creating these problems. But to Scotty's point, like, where is it originating from? Like, how do we stop the supply chain? Like, how do we do it? She doesn't care about that. And then when you show them a data point, it's one of two arguments always, right? That's, that doesn't coincide with the data I have. <laughs> What data do you have? Because this, right, exactly. this is from a three-letter. I, I love when they yeah. tell you, like, what, when they give you an anecdotal answer. Well, I have a friend who talked to a border uh, patrol agent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He went to his house because they had a party recently. And he came over. And you know what he said after having nine beers? He said the following. And it's like, you have a friend who talked to a friend who knows a guy who's a border patrol agent? Really? That is your freaking journalistic sourcing? Yes. I mean, that's you're a works. moron. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's their six degrees of Kevin Bacon. But it's it's crazy to me that there are people I hate using this terminology that are disgullible. I think I was telling you this off air. Uh -huh. um, the purpose of why I started the show was 
I heard some things in, in Florida during the George Floyd protest during COVID, right? You're locked up with your parents. Who wants to live with your in-laws for a couple months, right? Well, I did. And you start to realize certain things where you're just like, where'd you get that from? Right. Where, where's, what's the source of that? And they don't have the Sound journalistic... Like Scotty. Scotty says that all the they, time. But they don't have the journalistic the practice because, like I mentioned to you all fair, and I'll bring this to you, Scotty. They're lazy in terms of their search mm -hmm. habits, in terms of taking a series of facts and coming out. It's tough to live in too America. Bad. Too bad. You too know? bad. Yeah. Search this. Just take seconds. Yeah. Not MikeLeonsBlog.org. Search it on, you know, Reuters, NPR, you know, AP <laughs> News, like CDC. Right. You know, like he just mentioned the DAA's website list that. Yeah. yeah we didn't even know that. It took me to find out this thing about fentanyl. Come on. It, it, it friends, took me 30 friends seconds don't bring, this morning to find this. I was going to say, friends don't bring shit to me no more because I literally call them out on their bullshit on spot. Right. Thanks to this wonderful little device that I have here in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody will say something to me. I'll say, where'd you get that from? Right. No, no, hold on. Wait, hold on. No, I'm, no, I'm not letting this go. Boop, boop, boop. No, mm. I'm sorry. I'm calling bullshit on what you just said. Uh, it, it's I don't know why it's happening the way it is, but it, it definitely has to do with people living in their silo. And when I read something that fits my emotion, well, that's it. I'm done. Yep. See, it must be fact. And that's it. And, and to go back to about the seizure comment, I constantly see Republican uh, uh, elected officials, uh, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, for mm -hmm. example, saying, oh, see, Biden's America, another 10,000 kilos of fentanyl seized at the border. And then if what you read the comment, you read the comment section <laughs> and people are destroying them like you effing moron. They seized it. It didn't make it into America. <laughs> right, but, right, right. But, but the people they're talking to, however... Don't understand. They can't read between those lines. They're saying, but see, it's coming to America. Scott, Scotty, Scotty, Martha McCallum, who hosts a show on Fox News in the afternoon. Fox, yeah. yeah. She had a stat, a graphic that was literally behind her that mentioned how many people have been arrested at the border this past year. And she goes, see, they're coming right in. And I'm like, coming right in? Do you know what arresting means? Martha, I worked with you. Like, what, what is going on here? Do you want a synonym for arrested? Like, they've been detained. They've been captured. Like, I, what? I, I am losing my mind at the simplistic things that people are letting just dismiss. Just like, and no, by the that's, way, that's I, your I, I will like, say this. Yeah. I will say this. Yes. Kudos to my Republican friends. You are so much better than Democrats. Yeah. Oh my God. At standing with and believing passionately about the stupid shit you say. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Republicans I, could sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> they could sell land to, to me in, to a slug. The, yeah. in the Everglades. They are <laughs> yeah. so, and Democrats are morons. The worst. Yeah, the idea that people believe that we are having problems with inflation because of Biden, who's been yeah. in office for barely a year, when it has everything to do that, with the fact that we took interest rates three years ago when Biden was not in office to zero. Bro. When you put interest rates at zero, eventually you have to bring them up. And when you bring them up, you're going to cause a recession. And that's what's going on right now. And I'm not saying it was Trump's fault. I'm not saying Biden, if Biden were president, he probably would have maybe done the same thing because of COVID. Either way, the fact of the matter is we're going through economic hardships now because of the policies from three or four years ago, not because As of always. the policies of that's now. Right. And a, a five-year-old could figure this out. And yet I'm watching <laughs> every campaign in America say Biden must go uh, vote for a Republican because look what he's done to the economy. And I'm thinking, <sighs> what has he done to the economy? 
Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it, did you guys see real quick, Scotty? But did, and by you, the way, I'm not defending Biden. I no, think, no, no, I think he needs to right. go to sleep did, for a long time. Did, did you guys uh, see I mean, the, I, I, no, I don't know. I don't mean no. I didn't no, say no, no, he wanted yeah. to die. Yeah, hold clarified. on, hold on, hold on. He needs a nap. That's what I said. Yeah. And now let's transition to that's Mike Leon. Yeah, um, right. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, right, right after that, yeah. Uh, no, freaking the CIA is going to show up did, here now. Did you? Did you, did you say the president needs to go to sleep for a long time? Luckily, the door is locked. Uh, did you? That. Did you guys see this stat about? I think it was an NBC News poll that mentioned that it was like forty percent of voters said they would rather vote for somebody that will help them with economic issues and reduce inflation even though those people won't accept the results, the results of elections. Like, so they don't believe in like democracy, but you know uh, what? I mean, if you lowered the gas price, I'll take that. I, I, yeah. It's been covered on other, po- I, was, I was losing my mind. I'm like, we did focus group study research for our show recently. Uh, went to a couple campuses at FIU. We went into Illinois. We're going to New York later this year. Um, just talking to voters about issues, rank this one to six. And democracy and, you know, how important your vote matters to you was always at the bottom, fifth or sixth on the issue. Hmm. And economic issues were always first. And again, these are voters, you know, Republican, Democratic, Independent, doesn't matter about that. It was always across the board. These issues resonated more. What affects my wallet? I don't really care if I live in a communist country. Uh, Maybe I don't understand what communism means. It's it's right now, it's. Economy and crime, economy and crime, which is why I think the Democrats are going to get hammered. I think the Democrats are going to get hammered in the midterms. I mean, uh, I think it's almost certain that uh, they're going to lose the House for sure. The House, I think, is already gone. So, you know, um, take that turkey out of the oven. This the Senate. eh, Doesn't look good. Maybe I I think. Yeah, the Senate is a maybe, Uh, but not a good maybe. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like. I don't know. I was trying to come up with a professional <laughs> with an NFL team, but nowadays they all suck. So I don't even think I can do that. Let, let me uh, put it this way. It's like Georgia, right, uh, is going to be playing this year. I'm thinking of a team in the SEC, the Gators. Yeah, the, the chances yeah. of the Florida Gators being the beating the Georgia Bulldogs this year. Is it possible? Yeah. Is it probable? Hell no. Georgia should Mm-mm. kill Florida this year. Well, it looks like uh, the Republicans are Republicans. probably going to win the Senate, and I know they're going to win the House. So uh, that's uh, who we are. Uh, to, and, and it's because of what I just said. It's, it yeah, comes down to yeah. this. Messages. What are Americans thinking about? Right. And the Republicans have been smart to talk economy. Even though they're wrong in their messaging, it doesn't matter. Right. But, but they've talked about it and they made a better case. Yep. Yeah. And this is what I've said for years. I mean, I I, I was uh, thrusted into the political slash news world in around 2013. And, and that was one of my biggest observations just, you know, being put into it was, man, Republicans just they, they know how to they know how to talk. And, and, you know, to talk about what you were talking about earlier in the podcast about what the stats from Cato are. Cato is a conservative institute. It, it, they put out conservative you know notes. And what they're saying here is based off of people that are conservatives doing the research. But here's what happens when it gets out to the public, especially to the MAGA side of the party. They're rhinos, Rick. They're just rhinos. Those stats. And unfortunately, they have a talking point for every argument, for every fact. And it's it's absolutely crazy. And to go back what Mike was saying about a voter's main issue, that that feeds into what I've always said about Americans is we're entitled, man. Here's a, uh, here's, we're, here's, we're concerned about, here's Corella uh, DeVille talking about the uh, invasion. Once again, uh, <laughs> cut three, if you could, George, Jorge. 
We're going to call it what it is. We're going to issue a declaration of invasion at our border. We're going to stop the flow of fentanyl that's pouring into Arizona. I want to be known as the Grand Canyon state. I don't want to be known as the fentanyl pipeline state. And we are going to take back control from the cartels that Joe Biden has handed over operational control to. <laughs> what a nickname. I mean, imagine, imagine. Fentanyl Joe? Yeah. Imagine. Again, followed, Joe, by, Mike, baby. followed by Mike Leon commentary. Right. Imagine being at that rally. Like, just what what are those people thinking through their heads as this is part of my it's, problem. I hate like, Mexicans. That's all it is. Right. And it's I hate like, Mexicans, so I'm going to go see this woman because she's going to tell me she hates Mexicans too. And I would, I would rather, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, I would rather somebody that's bluntly racist as opposed to, you know, subtly racist. So at least she's saying it out loud, right? Like, yeah. I guess I can give her credit for that. Yeah. She's saying it out loud. You guys are- I hear that a lot. I, I, I've always yeah. wondered, you yeah, know, how um, do you feel? I mean- no, no, you'd rather they be. So I don't. Like, I don't. I, I, I'm going to I don't like it. And here's why. I yeah. think what you look at what's happening with Kanye, it empowers people. Right. I think people. I Yeah, I think a lot of people are inherently racist, but they don't let that racism show because they know that it's wrong and society would shun them for it. But the more you see people like Kanye come out and you see people like Trump come out and you see people that, you know, Carrie Lake come out. Uh, it becomes more and more. They're all apologetic. I've seen, I've seen I've, right. yes, yeah. I've seen more anti-Semitism in the last two, yeah. three years than I have at any point in my life. Granted, I'm only 38, so I, you know, I only have a small, you know, window to view it through. But still, it's because I'm seeing it more and more, and the media is allowing it to get out. And then people are saying, "Well, yeah, it's okay to say that all Mexicans are insert your racist here. Right. It's okay that all Jews are insert your racial comment here, yeah. because it's accepted, it and all, people they, realize that other people are thinking like them. They used to whisper what they now scream." Yes. Right. So I'm whistle. not okay. I'm not okay with people showing their colors. Yeah. Like I, I'd rather I get, not see that. Happening. I guess I meant more like on a personal level, not on television yeah. covered by CNN, MSN. <laughs> and by the way, if you've noticed, her rallies are <laughs> not covered by like the. No. They're all led to local, you know, channels and things like that. I, I just, and 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 I was just looking at her audience uh, when we played that clip, and those of you who are listening to us, obviously you can't see it this this is our podcast but put, put that last one up one more time that that really kind of is interesting to me play that again there uh, play it again George. we're going to call it what it is we're going to issue a declaration of invasion at our border we're going to stop the flow of fentanyl that's pouring into arizona i want to be known as the grand canyon state i don't want to be known as the fentanyl pipeline state and we are going to take back control from the cartels that Joe Biden has handed over operational control to. I don't know how to say this, but there was a general lack of ethnicity in that crowd. Just a huge general <laughs> Boy, lack of ethnicity. Under, understatement I, of the year. Did you, yeah, I mean, it, I, I it saw. It was very vanilla in there. And, yeah. and by the way, that, that's unfair, too, because they could be and they just don't look it. I mean, right. some people could, you know, I can dress yeah. up pretty well uh, and, and, <laughs> and look very Anglo or whatever. But um just a general lack of ethnicity. It's like she's pinned. This is my problem with America today. We live in these silos. I only hear and talk to people who hear and talk the things that I want to hear and talk. And they're over here. And there's another group of people over here. They're the ones on, I guess, MSNBC. I only hear and talk from people who want to hear and talk the things that I want to hear and see. And pretty soon we're going to be so damn siloed, we're not going to be a country anymore. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's just, that's 
maybe why I like being Latino because we kind of can go both ways. <laughs> yeah. We do. We, we you know, we. I play to the left sometimes. I play to the right, but I don't play in a place where I know I'm being lied to. And I think that's what we should try and do. And that's that's what we try and do with this podcast. Well, I add one more thing to that. Go ahead. I, I'm all for, uh, like you said, discourse. But let's get back to it. This shirt's black, folks. That's a fact. <laughs> yes, you come over to me and tell me that this shirt is red. Go stay over there in your silos. Right. There, there's fact and opinion. Whether or not the shirt makes me look stupid, that's the opinion. We got to get back to the fact. Not your fact, my fact. The fact. Right. Look out the window and see if it's raining. You don't Correct. need to hire two meteorologists to argue about whether it's raining or not when you could just walk over to the window and say, look, it's raining. Correct. It's very, very simple. These are truths. These are Latino truths. It's what we do. It's what we do here at Rick Sanchez News. It's what we do here at Agua Media because somebody's got to do it. And if we don't, ain't nobody going to do it for us. We're on Spotify. We're obviously on uh, Apple and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you happen to be watching some of this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. We're going to thank Mike. Uh, again, Mike Leon. Uh, Can We Please Talk is his podcast. Give it some mind. Give it a look. Give it a listen. It's almost as good as mine. Um, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> un poquitico, what a, un poquitico. What a jerk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scotty uh, Mendick is one of my best friends in the world, and he's the other uh, hey, dude over there. And uh, as we always say, dale, andale, y vamos con todo. Agua.